Praise the Lord. Hey, let's talk about the Word today. Can we do it? Let's talk about this. We're on a series called Parenthood. We had our, our uh, child dedication last week. And uh, what I loved, I was talking uh, last week after the service, uh, Lupe, who's here, uh, been, been with us for years now. Lupe said, you know, I, you know I'm, I'm a grandparent, I'm a great-grandparent, and, and I, I'm not parenting now, but I'm writing down scriptures, and we're going to take those scriptures, and we're, well, I'm going to write down those same things, and we're going to talk about them in our small group. So come on, you know, the word will work wherever you want it to work, everybody. So, so whether you're, 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 you're childless, you don't have any kids there, and they're grown or whatever, listen, I believe that the word of God, if you're open to what God's word has for you today, he's going to talk to you. Amen, everybody? Let me give you three things as we jump into this might be worth, you know, come on, worth your entry fee this morning. Uh, um, there was no entry fee, by the way. Um, three, three traps uh, I read years ago, three traps or months ago, excuse me, uh, three traps that can ruin your family. There were many that this person listed, but I thought, let's just talk about that as we jump into the word, because what we're going to do we're going to spend all of our time today talking about two Psalms in just a minute, Psalm 127 and Psalm 128. That's where we're going to go. Uh, but but these, th th this author was writing from the standpoint of seeing how families kept on stubbing their toe and tripping and, and didn't produce the kind of results that they wanted because there's, there's these traps that parents fall into. It's not that the kids fall in the traps, the parents fall in the trap. And so really, like we said last week when we talked about child dedication, child dedication is really parent dedication to follow God's purpose and God's plan for your life. So what they said was that this first trap that parents fall into is this, fearing your children. I thought that was interesting. Fearing your children. Is that what they said is that many kids, many kids are actually leading their parents, leading their parents. And so parents, let me just say this, you don't work for your children. You don't work for your children. And so I know we've got children in here. We've got, you know, youth in here and teenagers in here. And so, you know, biblically, scripturally, it's almost like this has been flipped in North America where now the parents are working for their children, and that is not what the scripture teaches. You know, there have been probably some instances where the kids lash back at the parents, you know, I'm going to call CPS on you, and I'm not talking about that they needed to be called. It's just like a threat, Right. It's like a threat. We've heard that before. Um, and so what we've seen in our society, and everybody would agree with it, is really that toddler, you know, toddler meltdowns really turn into teenage trauma years later. Uh, issues going on with, with parents and showdowns with parents that probably weren't addressed when they were, when they were toddlers and just let behavior go on. So, so, so listen, parents, uh, um, if you fear your children over teaching them what the Word of God says and doing things that are right and just doing things that are, that are just right, uh, you're going to have a hard time uh, in the years to come. Uh, the second thing they talked about it was just this thought, I thought was interesting, lowering the bar, just lowering the bar. Um, and they, were, they talked about setting expectations high, manageable, but high for your children. And nobody wants to, no, no, no parent should want to dumb their kids down or, or, or set the bar so low that anybody can achieve. And, and so if we lower the bar down based on what everybody else is doing, we and our kids and our families are going to be like everybody else. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to have a normal family. I want my family to really succeed. Come on, everybody. I want to set the bar high, and I, want to, I wanted them to go. So, so let me just encourage you. Uh, um, uh, just, this is something that Kimberly was a master at and just really great um, uh, for us um, is this. Work on their behavior in private so they won't be an embarrassment to you in public. Um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a picture in my mind when our kids, we were in Canada, 
when our kids were, three of our four kids were born in Canada, and there was a picture in my mind that we went to this um, uh, spaghetti place, and, and Michael, our son, our firstborn, uh, I don't know how old he was, but he was super young, and Kimberly had him, you know, at this restaurant, right? It's, it's fearful to go to a restaurant with a small child, a toddler. I mean, this, Michael was under one, I think, or I guess he was a little bit older than that. And um, uh, he was in the high chair, and, 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 and Kimberly was like, she was just on it. Like, well, I'm not shaming anybody, but, but we didn't ever let our kids, like, grab spaghetti, like, grab spaghetti and, and we, we don't do that at our house. The, the Isbel house, we use utensils. And so we don't care if you're one or you're 101. You use a utensil when a utensil is necessary. That's just how we raised our family. And, and so, so Kimberly, and, 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 and no, no shame. This is just how we raised our family. You, we're not going to get up from the table and, 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 and half the food's going to be on the floor. That, that's just not what we do at our house. No shame. This is how we raised our family. And so we're at this restaurant, and, and, and I see these couples, a couple of couples kept looking at us, and I'm going, dear God, we're the new pastor in town, and we got our kid here, and, they're, and they're, what are they doing? They're looking at us. Well, they ain't looking at us, but they're looking at our son, Michael, because they're looking at him with his little fork, and he's <laughs> spaghetti, and he's, and then he puts it down, and then he wipes his little face, and then and, and he gets a little cracker, and and. And when we got, when they got done before us, they, two couples came over and they talked to mainly Kimberly and they said, we are marveling at what your, how your child is eating. Well, you know, we didn't want them to be a show and be, you know, all of a sudden the staff come out after we're gone going, dear God, look, we got, we got like seven packs of crackers on the ground here. Who ate here? We just didn't want that. And so we did the discipline on the front side so that they wouldn't be an embarrassment for us on the back side. I just think that, that we've dumbed our kids down a little bit with manners. I think we've dumbed our kids down with greeting, with shaking hands, with looking at adults in the eye. We, we've dumbed it down. I think that we're a little bit too easy, just, just me, maybe chores around the house, giving them stuff to do. Don't lower the bar. I think that we can raise the bar based on their ages and all that kind of stuff. We can raise the bar. We can teach and train our kids that they can make a difference. They can be respectful. They can be around adults. They can have conversations. They know what to do. Can somebody just say amen and help me? Because y'all, come on, y'all, I'm, I'm seeing some, da I'm feeling daggers up here. Let me tell you. I'm feeling some daggers. The last thing they said and they talked about was this thing called instant gratification. Instant gratification. That our kids have grown up to having everything right now. Everything immediately. Food in the microwave, McDonald's on the run. They, they've got everything now. I want internet. I want, I want communication. I'm texting. I'm getting everything right now. And, and so what, there's, what they said and what, 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 what we do know to be true is that kids that, that get everything now aren't learning the need for patience, aren't learning the need for patience because they just get everything right now. And, and there's no process. And so the frustration level now in kids because they can't have it quick. And there's just some things that don't come quick with God. So I want to encourage you. Saying no or not now to your kids is a good thing. Not giving them everything they want. Not, you know, we don't want our kids to feel entitled. We don't want our kids to be rude. We don't want our kids to be uh, impatient. Some discomfort in our kids is okay. It's okay because that's life. 
And we all know that, you know, like right now, uh, the uh, 75% of kids, they say, uh, that, are, that are 12 and a half have a phone. Right. So, so and, and that's, some, you know, our society and our, our, you know, our community, that's a, that's a safety issue. That's a I want to know where they're at. I want a transportation issue. Th- th- and that's all cool. But but so many, so many families, their kids are stuck to that. They want it now. They get everything they have right now. Uh, and let me just encourage you when it comes to raising our kids, it's not one size fits all. But you're going to need the will. You're going to need the mind of God. You're going to need the wisdom of God. So let's go to the word of God and let's get some answers from God's word. Can we do that right now? All right, we're going to look at a couple of Psalms, Psalm 127 and Psalm 128. By way of reminder, we read one of these, or we read uh, Psalm 133 a couple of months ago, and we talked about unity. These are, by way of reminder, Psalms of Ascent. These were Psalms, 15 Psalms that the nation of Israel actually were singing in their yearly pilgrim, or excuse me, three times a year, their pilgrimages when they went back to Jerusalem. Uh, they, They had Passover, they had the Feast of Tabernacles, and they had Pentecost, and they would go back to those, back, back to Jerusalem, And these were these 15 psalms that they would sing on the way. So this was something that was embedded in the hearts of the families, in the children, in the men and the women, from the time that they were old enough to remember. These psalms were sung, these psalms were heard continually. So this is embedded again in the hearts and minds of the the families in Israel. And and what I'm about to mention, and when we read these, um, and, and we think about them, so, so many times I think, like, like let's, let's get over this, that, that this isn't just a church thing that we're doing. We, we are in the church, and we are the church, but listen, what we do here, we need to take with us. And, and so in the Jewish mind, where, where we worship, and, and what we do, how, how we work, and, and the community we live in, it's all connected. It's all connected. There's no, this is just a God thing here in church, but God's not in the home. Or this is just a God thing and God's not in the work in the community. No, all of this has got to be connected for you to continually fulfill the will and the purpose of God in you personally and do the will and the purpose of God out in the community and do the will and purpose of God in your home as well. It's all interconnected. Can you say amen? amen. I mean, who, who we believe, what we believe, how we serve, what, what we're going to do in the house, why we give, it's all interconnected. It all starts in the home, and from the home, it works out. We don't want our kids getting information from the school system that's anti to what's going on in the home. And, and we know they are. And so the home voice has got to be louder than the school voice. And we don't want the, 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 the speak of culture to be louder than the speak of the home. Because we know it, we know it can be. It can drown out. And so there's going to have to be a concerted effort for us parents to teach our kids and train our kids and lead our kids in righteousness. Or else we'll lose our kids. And nobody wants that, me included. So let's read this, Psalm 127. Let's read these five verses, and let's make some comments. Psalm 127, verse five, verse 1 through 5. Unless the Lord builds a house, the work of the builders is wasted. Unless the Lord protects a city, guarding it with sentries will do no good. Verse 2. It's useless for you to work hard from early morning until late at night, anxiously working for food to eat, for God gives rest to his loved ones. Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. Verse four, children are born to a young man. They're like arrows in a warrior's hands. 
How joyful is the man whose quiver is full of them. He will not be put to shame when he comes to confront his accusers at the gates. Come on, somebody. Uh, um, the, the word house, or specifically, you know, home or house is mentioned uh, over a thousand times in the scripture. And it's, liter it's used literally concerning the temple and, co and concerning the palace and, and concerning homes, but figuratively it's used concerning families. So when it talks about God, God building a house, he's not just talking about, right, a physical house, carpentry, brick, electrical, all that. He's talking about God building a family. And we, we need to know this, is that God is directly invested. He, he, he's, he's in the desire to help you build your family. It just doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. It's not, it's not going to happen automatic. There's got to be intentionality with what goes on in your home so you build the right substance in your kids. Again, won't happen automatic. You've got to pull some things out. You've got to put some things in. You've got to water a lot of things. You've got to do a lot of weeding <laughs> because your kids are going to come home from school, come home from, you know, hanging out the soccer field, come home from wherever, and, and, and they're going to be having some stuff that was planted in them that you're going to have to pull out or else it will grow up. And we don't want that. You don't want that. And so we've got we've to know what's going on, and we've got to be intentional about it, and we've got to have some help from the Word of God. And thank God, thank God we do. But, but I, I see this from the Scripture, is that the home is where you stamp God's identity. The home is where you stamp God's identity into your children's identity. Because what's going on right now in the public school system, we know this. Come on, it's going on with friends. Somebody else's identity is trying to be stamped on your kids. And so if it gets deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper with no pushback from a parent, all of a sudden they wake up one day and there's something that you never dreamed they could be. Why? Because they're going through an identity change, shift in mind, in will, in thought, in, in belief, because the words they're hearing and there's not any pushback from parents. So parents, we have to be intentional intentional about raising our kids with the word of God. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. So we know this. Uh, come on, we, we, we know this is that uh, kids begin thinking, kids begin thinking, talking, learning, and behaving like their parents. This, th this is supposed to happen, but this happens positively or this happens negatively. And so in the home, we have to ask ourselves as parents, is that how's my thinking? How's my talking? How's my learning about God principles, you know, and things? And how's my behaving? How's my actions in the home? You know, the, 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 it's probably happened to all of us. You know, parents, you've had some sharp words with your spouse, probably, and, and all of a sudden, you've seen there's a little person watching you. And, and that's really weird, and that's really awful. And then there's got to be a lot of repentance but with, with the spouse and getting it right and walking in forgiveness and then talking to the children, you know, maybe like, hey, daddy's sorry, daddy talked to mom this way, because you, you don't want that, that action replicated in them and stamped that identity. Hey, little boy, this is how you treat, this is how you treat women. No, it's not. I was wrong, so I want to get it right. <laughs> I want to get it right. 
And, 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 and so they're thinking, they're acting, they're behaving, their belief structure is going on. We want, we want it going on in the home. And we know that we're all fallen in the sense that we're not perfect. We serve a perfect God. But whenever we mess up, come on, somebody, let's get it right. Let's just get it, let's get it right. Now, it says here that the, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. But, but by way of reminder, God's not building anything that doesn't have your hands on it. God's not going to build your family unless you commit to building your family with him. So, so, so again, it's not the job of the school. It's not the job of the church. It's not the job of any other friends. If you decide to have kids, you have just signed up to be a builder for a long time. That's just a fact. You just signed up. It's going to take me a long time to build this little, and we'll talk about it in a minute. It's interesting from the, from the scripture. Um, uh, so God's a builder. We know another in the New Testament talks about and uses the word that God's an architect. And, and, and what's amazing about an architect is that an architect just flat out knows stuff you don't know. An architect just knows what is supposed to go and what's supposed to fit and how it all fits together. And you look around, like right now I look around and go, man, this is just amazing. And if I had to build this, whoo, come on somebody, one quick breeze and this thing's down on the, on the ground. But an architect knows how to build it, knows structurally, knows what's important, knows what's not important. No, no, knows what can fit, no, knows, knows where there could be some leniency and knows where we got to get some real tough on this spot right here because this is a structural wall and we got to make sure this is huge and this is right. And we'll talk about one of those structural walls when we read Psalm 128 in just a minute. So, so, so God's an architect. So if, I, if my family is going to be built, if my home is going to be built, God's not doing it by himself. He's gonna, he wants me to cooperate with him. I'm going to have to get my instruction from him, from the word of God. In fact, it's interesting. I think I got it here for you about the Torah. Do we have it back there, guys, in the Torah? Look at this real quick. In the Torah, that's the first five books of the Old Testament. It's understood that parents are to be the leader in their children's educational, ethical, moral, and spiritual growth. Listen, at the home, and in the Torah, this is, come on, this is old Judaism. This is back, you know, thousands of years ago. But, but those that follow and are ardent, even in Israel right now, and maybe in other parts of the world, the, the parents are the leader, not the educational system. The parents are the leader in their children's education, their ethical, moral, and spiritual growth. So again, this takes the onus that I need to kind of buck up. I need to, I need to think about this seriously. What's going on in my kids? Are they getting God's values? Are they getting biblical things? Or am I, am I let, come on, am I letting, am I letting Disney tell my kids what a family's about? Am I letting, am I, am, am I taking them to the library, letting that tell them what my family's all about? I'm just telling you, the, 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 the family has got to be the place that we lead, we feed, we guide, we guard, we protect, we pray, we teach, we hug, we, come on everybody, that's what we do, that's what we do. Want to get it all in the home. Want to get it all in the home. Now, now we read it a moment ago from, from uh, Psalm 127, verse 3. It says, children are a gift from the Lord. They're a reward. How many of y'all need to quote that a couple times in your life? This is a gift. Oh, Jesus, help me up in here. You said it's a reward. Oh, my Lord. But, but we need to be thinking like that, right? And, and um, you know, we're on the back end of that now, and, and um, we laugh now we, around our kids with, with ra raising their kids, you know, seeing grandkids, and we're like, you know, this too shall pass. Come on, you're going to get through. It's going to be all right. Take a couple deep breaths. Going to be all right. Going to be all right. Going to be all right. 
You know, but they're, they're a gift, they're a reward. And, and we're enjoying that now with, with grown children. It's just cool, cool relationships. So uh, what, what this scripture told us, and, and the, the psalm told us, maybe you missed it, but kids are like arrows, is what he says. Arrows of a mighty man. He says, happy is the man that has his quiver full of them. You know, the quiver is the thing in the back of the, 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 the archer that would have it that would hold all the, hold all the arrows. And so I, I always like to say, Hi, you know, somebody said, well, how do you know when you don't need to have any more kids? And he said, well, you quiver when you think about having more kids. You're like, <laughs> Jesus, I got two. I can't think about three. Help me, Lord. Ever what it is. But, but we think about this, that arrows are arrows in the hand of a mighty man. So are Children of their youth. Arrows are in the hand of a mighty man. Think about it. Uh, uh, now, you, if you're an archer, what do you do? You go, to, you go to Dick's Sporting Goods. You go to Sportsman.com. You go to whatever, Walmart, and you go buy arrows, right? And not in Bible time. Come on, think with me. What are you going to do? You're going to get an arrow. you got to go out to a tree. you got to go out to some willow or whatever, and you got to find a piece of wood. you got to find a branch, and you get it, and you cut it off, and you start shaping it, honing it in, so that arrow can shoot straight. This is the picture of what parents do constantly. You're constantly shaping, you're constantly cutting away so your child can hit the target whatever God has for them to hit, right? Come on, we can do this. Come on, just hey, you can do this. You can do this. And so Psalm 127, let's just, let's, before we jump into this next Psalm, Psalm 127, really is telling us that God wants to work in parents. That's you. That's me. So that he can be involved at your home, in your family, which is in work, and in your community. Again, this is all interconnected with God. It's not just the home. It's at work, and it's in the community as well. But it starts in the home. Our worship, our home, and the world. Our worship, our home, and the world. It's all interconnected. Now, I find it interesting that, you know, Psalm 127, he talks about this. David talks about it. And then he jumps right into the same thought, you know, biblically that we see in our Bible right now, uh, in Psalm 128. And he jumps right back into this thought of families for us to consider this huge, huge pillar. Again, the architect, the builder, the, the one that's the, the, the chief marksman of the house that knows what to do and where it goes and how it goes, that he's a builder. This is a huge pillar to hold the structure of your house. It's foundational to consider. It's foundational, not just for a family. If you're a single person, this is going to work in you as well. Psalm 128. We'll read these first two verses, make some comment, then we'll read verse 3 and 4 in just a moment. Psalm 128, verse 1. Blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in obedience to Him. Verse 2. You will eat the fruit of your labor. Interesting. Blessings and prosperity will be yours. Just, just by the way of reminder, prosperity doesn't mean everyone's going to be Bill Gates billionaire. It just means it's going to be well with you. God's going to take care of you. It's, it's going, you, you're going to have enough, and, and, and you're going to be blessed in your family. It, 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 everything's, going, everything's going to work out. It doesn't mean that, again, like I said earlier, doesn't mean sometimes it looks like it, but God says, listen, there's going to be prosperity in your family if you do some things that I'm telling you in the Word of God. It's all going to work out. Now, now, now this huge pillar, if you could go put, put verse 1 back up for us, Psalm 128, verse 1. Blessed, empowered to prosper, 
enviable, fortunate to be envied, that's what the word blessing means, are all, 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 parents included, all, singles included, who fear the Lord. Fear the Lord. Um, I can't stress this enough, and I've said this several times, there is an absolute disarray and an abolishment in our society of the fear of the Lord. It is not even in many people who profess to know Jesus, a fear of the Lord. So when it comes to this pillar for our families, a foundational pillar of strength that will hold up the building in your life personally, corporately, collectively in the family, is this, fear God. Fear God. Listen, fear God. Fearing God means reverence and respect of God. I reverence God. I respect God. There's a fear of God. Uh, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm not talking. Listen, fearing God and being afraid of God are not synonymous. The believer never has to be afraid of God, nor would I want my children to be afraid of me. But they need to fear me given my role as father over them, not fear to hurt them, but fear in the responsibility and the status that I am as their father. The scripture tells us fearing God. Over and over and over, if you'll do a little search in the Bible, it's in Job, it's in Psalms, it's in Proverbs, where we talk about, we read a couple weeks ago, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. If we're going to be wise in ourselves, if we're going to have a wise family, if we're going to move forward in the direction God's got for our life, if wisdom's going to be a foundational cornerstone in our life, if wisdom is the principal thing, this tells us right here, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of the principal thing called wisdom. Before I even think about wisdom, before I even think about God working in me, that he gives me some knowledge on how to apply it in my life, I've got to say, God, I fear you, I reverence you, I respect you, I honor you, I defer to you. You are always right. Can I get an amen in the room? Yeah. So, so listen, fearing God, fearing God was embedded, like I said a moment ago, it was embedded into the Jewish families. It was embedded into their thinking. They're singing these songs three times a year. They're singing these 15 songs of ascent, psalms of ascent, when they're going to Jerusalem. Remember how long it took them? They're repeating them over and over and over and over and over again. And it's getting ingrained into the thinking of the kids and the parents and everybody. And so they're raised in, in just this environment of fearing God. So, so let's just talk real quick. What does fearing God look like? Fearing God, listen, fearing God looks like this, obedience. It's obedience. This is what fearing God looks like, obedience. Obeying the word of God, obeying the precepts of the word of God, obeying his word, obeying his way. It, it, it's saying, God, you're right, and whether I agree with it or not, you're right. This is what your word says about this certain subject or this certain situation, I've got to align my life, I've got to align my behavior, I've got to align my action in respect and honor with you and the fear of God 
will work in my life and you'll begin working in me, working in my family. And my family will get to enjoy the fruit of our labor of thinking and acting and believing and talking and praying and doing something maybe that's anti-society, but is directly in line with your word and your will. And we are going to be blessed and we are going to walk in your prosperity and your peace and your joy and your love and your acceptance and your kindness and your goodness. And our family is going to be salt and light and we are just going to live different in this crazy world. Come on, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So how we treat how I treat my spouse, how I talk to my kids, how I worship, how I work, what I value, what I respect, how I, how I am in the community, how I am when the lights are on me, how I am when the lights are not on me, what I do in the light, what I do in the dark. It all needs to be I fear God. So let's throw this out there. Nobody's perfect. We've all messed up, screwed up, messed up. And we need to repent if you haven't repented, because if you repent, he puts you right back on track again. Come on, everybody. So there's no judgment here. No, no, no throwing stones here. It's interesting, again, when we read the Bible, we are a proponent of reading the Bible. Read the Bible, and don't just read the Bible. Read the Bible every day, listen to me, and then let the Bible read you. How you doing with what you're reading, right? Right? So the Bible in Ephesians, New Testament, you know, talks about chapter 6, about husbands and wives and stuff like that in chapter 5. And then chapter 6, interesting. <laughs> children, hey, children, obey your parents in the Lord. Right? This is right. Honor your father and mother. Listen to me. Parents, you Teach your children to obey you. Because obedience is not given. It is a learned discipline. No kid, including me, wants to listen to them. I'm a middle child, so I've got issues already, let me tell you. And so I was the one always getting in trouble. That's why I'm a pastor now trying to help some people, you know, and, and, and I was always the one talking back and I was all the, always the one putting, you know, just pushing back on everything. And, and, and man, I understand. Listen to me. You as a parent teach your child, you must obey me. If it's going to be well with you, you teach obedience. This is right. Honor your mother and your father. We know these, um, uh, these Ten Commandments, and, and, and Jesus said, of course, we know in the New Testament, Jesus said, well, in John, Jesus said, you know, a new commandment I give you to love one another. So we know walking in love, the love commandment, uh, supersedes and, and will engulf, if you will. It, it, it will eat up all these Ten Commandments. But it's interesting, you know, these Ten Commandments. What, what we maybe need to teach our kids as well so they get a better thought of it, right? We, we, we don't, hey, in this house, kids, we don't serve other gods. We don't serve other gods. We serve Jesus. We, 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 don't, we don't make an idol out of anything. Come on, we don't make an idol out of that, that, that actor, that actress. We don't make an idol out of that music dude. We don't make an idol out of anybody. We ain't having no posters up in here. I'm just, I don't know where you're at with that. But we, we, we ain't going to have idolize anybody. We're, gonna, we're, gonna, we're not going to have anything before, before anybody in our house. We're going to have Jesus up here in our house. We're, hey, hey, family. Hey, kids. Guess what? We, we ain't cursing up in here. Because we're not taking the Lord's name in vain. 
wait, wait, I'll just tell you as a kid, I, I grew up in a Christian home, and all my friends, I grew up in a small, second through sixth grade in New Jersey, and so all my friends were Catholic and Jewish, and, and so they, their mouth was, can I just tell you, their mouth was going, and, and they'd talk about God, and they would use all those other words at the end, little kids, at the end of God, and I'm like going, man, if I, if I say gosh at my house, I'm getting soap in my mouth. That's how I was raised. And so I'm just going, man, we just, we, we, we just don't take the Lord's name in vain. I, I, we don't do it jokingly. We don't do it casually. Uh, hey, hey, guys, uh, uh, we remember the Sabbath, and we keep it holy. Uh, uh, up in our house, we, we go to church on Sunday. We, this, is, this is what this family does. We go to church. You don't want to go to church at a certain age? Uh, then you got to get out of my house because this is what we do in the house. Uh, we, we, we go to church, we gather together, we, we keep the Sabbath. Hey, hey we, we honor parents. That's what the you know, fifth commandment, I think. We, we honor our parents. We, 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 we don't murder, we don't commit adultery. That's what we do in our house. We don't do that. We, we don't steal, we don't spread lies on Instagram or, or Facebook, <laughs> social media. We don't covet what anybody else has. That's what we do in our house. We're teaching this. We're teaching this because, listen, whatever, whatever you're into comes into your house. Whatever you're into. If you're into disrespect, disrespect comes into your house. If you're into some crazy stuff, the crazy stuff comes into your house. So, so verse 1 tells us, tells us fear and obey God. And then he, then he tells us again, what, what's going to happen when you do that? He says, you're going to eat the benefit of your labor. The, the promise is God's going to bless your family. It's going to be well with you. Your future is going to be good. You're going to look different than everybody else, but I'm going to be with you. Come on, I'm going to be with you. So far, so good? Come on, let's land the plane. Come on, you got about five more minutes? Okay, how, how many of y'all got five more minutes? Come on. Okay, wait, five, 10, 15, 20, 20. Nah, that's an old preacher joke. Sorry, sorry. Let's look at three things, and we'll just, we'll just read these last two verses in just a moment. Uh, um, spiritually healthy children, listen, spiritually healthy children are the byproduct of a godly marriage relationship or a single parent who's committed to God's purpose. It, it, it just doesn't happen. So if we want spiritually healthy children, I, I've, I've got to be actively involved. I've got to be actively involved in what's going on in school. What's going on in school? What's going on? What's go what are you hearing? What's, what's going on? <laughs> I mean, I could tell you stories that back, our eldest son, he's going to be, what, 36, Kimberly? 35, he's going to be 36 in May. This is crazy. We're getting old up in here. Um, when we were in Canada, we, we had to, this, this is, this is mid-90s. We had to pull him out as a kindergartner from the kindergarten, from kindergarten. Because in kindergarten in Canada, they were talking about crazy stuff in 1995. And so we had to pull them out. And they're like going, what are you doing pulling your kid out? And, and we had to figure that whole thing out and didn't want to be embarrassment to him. So I'm just telling you, we wanted to protect our family. Our family was the most important thing. So spiritually healthy children are the byproduct of a godly marriage relationship that you're committed to God's purpose. Listen, fearing God, fearing God is internalized, then it's externalized in every belief, word, and decision we make. 
So we fear God. It's internalized. I got the fear of God in me. Now, now it's going to work out. It's going to be externalized in what I'm thinking, what I'm doing, what I'm acting, the decisions that I'm making with my family, and what we're going to go, what we're going to watch, how we're going to talk in our house, because it's all going to matter. And, and let me just say this just finally before we read this last scripture. Uh, um, we didn't, and I hope you don't. We don't want our kids just to be good at school or sports. We wanted our kids to be good at God. Listen, we, we just wanted them to be good at God. We didn't want them to be good at, you know, yeah, they were involved in sports, and, you know, our son got a full-ride scholarship to play football, and, and you know, they, they played all kind of sports when they were young, and we were running here or there, and you know it, your parents are doing that, but we just didn't want to be good at school or sports. We wanted them to have a strong relationship with God, and so we did it. We, we would drive them to youth group and get them around, like our house, of course, with the pastor and the house that we had, had a swimming pool, and the kids would come over all the time every listen almost every friday night with our son jude he'd have kids coming over spend the night we'd wake up in the morning dear going dear god how did where did all these kids come from right and you just buy all the food you want cereal and milk and you just because you want the kids in your house come on everybody you're controlling that and you're speaking to that and you're leading them yeah so the fear of the lord the fear of the lord in your life and in your family what will happen, verse 3 and 4, if you do that? Check it out. Let's just close right here today. Look what he says. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine in the very heart of your house. Your children will be like plants all around your table. Go on and read this. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. Man, look, he says, if you'll fear God, if you'll put me first place, if you'll walk in obedience to what I'm saying, he says, the fruit of your labor is going to be blessings. It's going to be prosperity. It's going to be well with you. And he says, your wife, it's going to, it, there's going to be a great relationship between you and her. And she's going, to, she's going to grow. She's going to develop. She's going to be who God wants her to be. And your kids are going to be like olive plants. It's, they're going to keep growing. And you've got to be able to sit back. And he winds it up again saying, blessed shall be the man, verse, verse 4, that fears the Lord. That fears the Lord, that has an honor and a respect and a reverence for God. But something I saw this past week, I've never seen before. Thank God, that's why I just keep reading the word. It's, something's going to show up. It's, it's, God's going to light. You know, the word, the Bible, two meanings. One is logos, the written word. One is rhema, the spoken word. So as you're reading the Logos, the written word, God will give you a rhema, a spoken word. He'll light up something and go, whoo, you've never seen that before. Let me talk to you about that. Uh, look what it says here in verse 3 one more time. Can we put that back up? Psalm 128 verse 3. Look at this. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine in the very heart of your house. I've never seen that before. Your wife, like a fruitful vine in the very heart of your house. Just the heart of your house jumped off the page at me. We, we know with our life that if the heart's not beating, the life's not beating. There's no life. The life of a body is pumped through our natural heart. The life of a family is a heart. I believe what this scripture is telling us. He says, you know, you're, you, you, could, you could maybe push back on me a little bit and say, well, the, the wife is the very heart of your house. I, 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 I might fight you on that a little bit, but I can see that. But I think it goes back to what he tells us in verse 1. And he tells us 
He tells us, and I believe it, let the heart of your home be the fear of God. Let the heart of your home, everything that beats in your life, we fear God. We reverence God. It makes a decision on how we talk in the house, how we treat one another, where we go, where we don't go, what we do, what we don't do, what we do with our time. We go to church. It's a priority. This is what we do. We serve God. What, what, what we watch, what we don't watch. Let the heart of your home be the fear of God. Be the fear of God. Psalmist David writes this, that you know, children are going to be like olive plants. That's what he says. Olive plants. Notice what he didn't say. Olive trees. Olive trees. Olive plants. You know that I found that it takes about 15 years for an olive plant to become an olive tree. 15 years. Got to be committed to the process. And if you're in Israel, some of the olive trees that they found over there are over 2,000 years old. Which goes back to tell us, you better be careful what you plant. Because what you plant is going to grow, and it's going to grow for a long time. And so we've got to be aware. We've got to be aware. And so the awareness we want to bring today is, I want to fear God. I want to fear God. He, he tells us that these children would be like olive plants around your table. And again, forgive me for going here for just a second as we wind up, but around the table in the Jewish household, in the Jewish mentality, the table is a place of blessing, love, provision, acceptance, peace, the table, the table. And let's be real, again, no judgment, Southern California, crazy schedules. I look at my kids now, my two grown kids with children, and it's crazy just like your life. It was different for us. I'll just tell you, just different when we were growing up with our kids. Small town, easy to get around. Schedules weren't as crazy. So take this with where you're at. But statistics tell us and prove that a child's emotional well-being is improved with family interaction around the table. Proven. Families that eat together regularly, kids, experience more emotional well-being, social integration. They actually are better physically because they're probably eating better, not eating out with crazy processed food. There's a whole thing there. But listen to me. Around this table, I, I want to I encourage you, every family, every single parent here that's raising kids, at our house, when we were growing up, again, different time, guys. Listen, just different time. Town was 8,000 people. We could get from one point to another point in about six minutes. You're working crazy, fighting traffic on 15, 5, 805. It takes you 30 minutes to get from East Lake to the other side of town sometimes. Listen, I get it. But you got to find time, if you're a parent, that we're going to have table. We're going to have table time. Two times a week, three times a week. Don't, don't, don't set the bar too high. Set the bar where you can do it. We're going to have a meal. We're going to talk. Listen, get your phone. Shh, anybody has a phone, we're going to break it, throw it down the toilet. Come on. Come on, somebody. No phones. We're going to talk. How's your day? What's going on? We're going to pray for one another. We're going to believe God. We're, 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 we're going to join together as a family because we're going to fear God. We're going to see God work in our kids' lives. They tell us that Right now, 50% of families are not even eating meals together at all. And again, 
It tells us statistically for teenagers that families that eat together with teenagers, anxiety and depression starts going down. Kids that eat together are less susceptible for drugs and alcoholism. And they're just, again, physically healthier. The dad or the single parent, mom, that's leading the family, is going to fear God themselves, and it's going to be worked into the fabric of the, of the household. And we're going to have kids like olive trees, plants that just keep growing, 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 finding out who they are in Christ, find out the will and purpose of God for their life, raised in a healthy home where God's going to be glorified in them and through them. And the Bible says they will stand at the gate of the city and the city will listen to them. Come on, everybody. Come on. Anybody want that for your kids? I do. I do want that for my grandkids. So come on, let's do this. Close your eyes, bow your head right where you're at right now. Want to stop for just a second before we end the service. Want to stop. Ask yourself the question, are you looking to God to build your house? If you're a single person, if you're an elderly person, is God still building your house? Are you looking to Him? Is He your partner? Are you looking to the Word? Is the Word looking at you as a mirror concerning your children or caregiver. Is the fear of God, respect and honor of God working in your life or maybe you've let some things go? Is it growing in your life? Come on, let the Word of God read you this morning. You need to repent. You need to change your mind. You need to ask God to forgive you. Come on, right now, right now, right now. Lord, forgive me. I want to make adjustments right now. I'm making adjustments in my heart right now. I, I want to make a change. I want to make a difference. I'm a dad. I'm a mom. I, I want to bring loving discipline to my house. I want to. I want to fear you and hear you. I want the heart of my home to be the fear of God. God's going to meet you. He's going to work in your life. He's going to bring peace to your family. Father, we pray today in Jesus' name that there be a difference in our households. Father, we see in the nation of Israel that the households of the young men and the families was totally different than what was going on in Egypt and with Pharaoh. There was a difference. So, Father, we pray that you would help us lead our families in the way that you want us to go. We honor you, Lord God. Come on. And everybody said amen and amen. Come on. Everybody said amen. Come on. He loves your family. Come on, everybody. He loves your family. Come on. We call him Father. Amen, everybody. Come on. Stand up. Would you do it? Come on. Stand up. We call him Father. Thank God we have a father. Amen. We have a father who has a family and you and I are in his family and he loves you dearly. Come on. He loves you dearly. 
Our prayer partners will be up here just the next couple minutes. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, or you've got, you know, you've never made that profession, been away from God, allow our prayer partners.